It's Wednesday, June 12th, and I'm feeling like, wait, Wednesday? Man, it took me a long time to get this out. This is Cockatrice Nuggets with Rich Frazier, serving you up a heaping helping of RPG nuggets straight to your gaming table. Arvid here, just wanted to call in and answer your question about the uh, sandbox or hex crawl type games. Um, I think it's good if the the game's master can remind the players of their options because uh, between sessions people can forget what's going on in the world and what rumours or um, events that have happened over past weeks. So I think rather than leading the characters, just reminding them of various options that they may not have noted down or um, forgotten in the past. So I think that in some ways would probably lead the group or remind them of uh, options they've forgotten. So I think that's how I would do it rather than to try and push them in a certain direction so they still feel that they're completely in control. Cheers, bye. Thanks, Arfed, for calling in. Um, yeah, that's that's hopefully what I'm trying to do, right? As I'm trying to remind them of their options and not tell them what to do. Um, it's really hard when I've got all this story that's going on in the background, not to lead them into it, right? And I've dropped these big plot seeds that they've kind of hung on to, and it, they can totally go down this plot road, or they can go down another plot road. I've got at least three big plots in the background, and I've got tables to make as many little plots as I want, right? Um, I've also got little plots that I've already made that they've run across. Um, little things that I've even forgotten about, like hey, they met some devils and the devils offered them a deal for, uh, you know, a number of souls. They would give them magic items or something like that. Um, I need to uh, to revisit that those notes. <laughs> uh, that's an exciting thing. But yeah, so um, it, it was something I wanted to talk about today or it's in, in the stuff I wanted to talk about today, uh, reminding the players and uh, how I did it. I'm using World Anvil now and... Uh, there is a section that uh, I'm using for quests and um, popping those in there and the players get to see them now. I pop them up on the screen. Uh, I, I believe Colin said you use a TV as well when you GM. Um, so I've been messing around with World Anvil this last time on my screen instead of um, OneNote pages or uh, you know documents I've written up. Um, so I, I've, uh, well, I think I'll just go into that. So World Anvil just went through a major update. For those of you who don't know, World Anvil is a, um, a content management system, a, um, a campaign management system more. Um, it is geared towards writers and GMs. Um, the the uh, creator made it, I believe, so his wife could have an easier time organizing her thoughts for uh, a novel, organizing her world for a novel. Um, he quickly found out that this also worked well for GMs and role-playing games. So he's kind of adapted it to both. Um, it's a really great tool. Uh, I've looked over a lot of different of these um, campaign management systems. Um, I've looked at um, Obsidian Portal. I did not spend a lot of time with that because of the upfront money cost. Um, I did happen to fall into a campaign, though, where someone used Obsidian Portal. Um, I didn't like the look of it. Is, is what it really came down to. Uh, it seemed like it worked pretty well, um, and then the players didn't use the functions that were there really well, um, which 
I can see um, with World Anvil now, it's it's mimicking some of these things that Obsidian Portal did. Um, there's like a, uh, a thread where characters can talk to each other, not necessarily a forum, um, but they can uh, comment on world uh, articles and they can actually comment in character with their character, right? Um, and there's kind of a, a timeline for their character that they can write and they can also um, like... Uh, like send comments to each other and uh, out out to the greater world and world world. Um, it's it's all very interesting, and uh, I hope my players will eventually grab onto it, you know. And uh, because this is something I've decided to stick with. Um, so Obsidian Portal um, Scabbard. It's spelled weird. It's like uh, uh, two R's or something, or or one R and two D's or something. It's it's spelled weird. However, Scabbard is normally spelled. It's not how they spelled it. Anyway, it was really cool. Uh, I put a couple things in there. Um, so I'm cheap. So this is, I'm looking at tools that can do the most for the least amount of money. Um, and, and this was really good, you know? It's, it was very bare bones and there didn't seem to be a lot of work going on it, uh, going on on it. Uh, maybe it was because it was a small dev team. Um, I haven't looked at it too much recently, um, but I did have a campaign world starting to grow on there. And it, it looked really good, you know? It, it did what it said, and it worked all right. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, City of Brass. Um, again, this one was just too much of an upfront cost for me to really look too deep into. Um, it looked all right, but it wasn't what I was looking for, and it cost, cost money, so I didn't really even try it. Um, but World Anvil, I stumbled across World Anvil after I tried all these others. And I was just like, oh my God, the, the robust set of tools that they give you for no money is amazing. In fact, I recently joined only because I wanted to add a third campaign without deleting a previous campaign. Um, I'm sorry, a third world without deleting a previous world. Uh, campaigns are something separate, uh, so you can have multiple campaigns in one world. Uh, this is something, again, this is something new that they just added, so I'm not sure what the limits are um, for free as opposed to paying. Um, the only thing I'm really not liking right now is the way they do images. Images have to be uploaded and you have, um, I think it's like, I think it's a gigabyte of uh, files for a free free um, subscription or whatever. Um, and it's 10 gigabytes for a paid subscription. And I can see that filling up really fast, you know? So um, it, just with regular pictures, right? Uh, fortunately, I, I have Photoshop. I know how it works. Um, I, I did a lot of web stuff with Photoshop uh, back when, um, I don't know, I dicked around with the web. <laughs> uh, so, so I know how um, the, the safer web interface works and it helps me a lot because I can get um, four up and compare pictures and uh, just like minimize that file size really quick um, and, and see what it's going to look like, right? Um, so Photoshop's a great tool. Uh, GIMP, also a great tool. Uh, GIMP Shop emulates Photoshop pretty well. Uh, I don't know if they have a save for web though, but um, I, I don't know if that's even in the current version of Photoshop. Uh, this was kind of more geared towards when the internet was slow, right? Um, so anyway, I've got distracted there. Um, it, it's, uh, it's got so much information and I'm only scratching the surface of it. Um, I believe I have it in my show notes linked 
uh, as my Midgard world, I think I, uh, under the follow along at home section. Um, if not, I will, I'm definitely going to put a, um, uh, a link in the show notes for, uh, my new world. Um, like I said previously, I'm running into the odd and I've been setting that up in, um, World Anvil and, uh, I'm having a really good time doing it. So as far as my Midgard game goes, um, in the past two or three sessions, um, which is like six weeks, so over a month, I've been trying to at least put in, my, my goal was to put, make two new articles for every session that I did. Um, this is a good small goal. It's really like, it's, it's really easy for me to get, right? Because um, some of these articles are super short and I don't have a lot of information to go into them. Um, basically, there's like 20 or 30 fields for some of these articles. Um, NPC, they have, um, and that's what I've been making the most of, right? They have uh, height, weight, uh, mannerisms, uh, ailments, um, mental deficiencies, um, all kinds of crazy fields. Like anything you can conceivably think of for um, a descriptor of an NPC, it's there. It has a field that, if not, is specifically geared toward it, is generically geared toward it, right? It, so it has, like um, like I said, mental mental de- deficiencies, right? It's So it may not have your specific insanity in a checkbox, but it's got a, a text box for you to describe that insanity. It's got, um, it's got phobias, right? It's got fears. Um, I think it's fears and phobias, maybe. Um, there's, uh, you know, motivations, what motivates this character. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that I just don't fill up, right? Some of these NPCs are like really quick and dirty three lines. Uh, that's, um, you know, who they are, what they want, and uh, a quick description. That's that's a, what a lot of my NPCs end up being. Um, so with the new update, they um, added this digital storyteller screen. And with this digital storyteller screen, what you can do is uh, add NPCs right on that storyteller screen. And uh, it's it's perfect, you know, it's exactly what I need in that moment to go, okay, this is Bill, what's a quick description of him? Boom, this is a quick quick description of him. And what kind of NPC is he? Bam, I've got that NPC ready. Now he's in the, the world, he is created, and he is viewable by anybody who can view that world. Um, which is something I want if I'm in the middle of a game session, right? I, I want, I want everybody to be able to see it. Um, so, so getting those two or- articles is really simple for me, um, and it leads to more, right? Because uh, I'll invariably create somebody, and they'll have some place associated with them. So I'll create that place, and that place will have some other place associated with it, or some group associated with it that I need to create. Um, they have uh, organization ranks. Right? Just like uh, a whole section devoted to ranks of organizations. Um, so I've been filling those out too. I've been using um, uh, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica um, to kind of as my base to go in and create these ranks for organizations. Uh, so when my Midgard group gains status, there is, there, there's a tangible benefit to it, right? Um, and as soon as they start gaining status, I'm going to start unlocking some of these things. Um, just before... I paid for it. I hit the limit of um, uh, private articles or um, not drafts, right? Not private articles, drafts. Um, And I didn't really understand the difference between draft and private. Um, So I think I may not have had to 
make all those visible. I think I might have been able to go in and mark them private and not draft, if that makes any sense. Um, a draft is like a work in progress that nobody can see, where a private could be a finished article, published article that no one can see. Um, and then at, at certain ranks in the guild, right, that's what they call it, the World Anvil Guild, the World Builders Guild, um, you can uh, assign, make groups and assign uh, viewing privileges to those groups. So I can make a private article and I can say, okay, DMs and um, high-level NPCs can see it or whatever. Um, anyway, I, I lost where I am. Okay, so two articles, right? Um, so it, it's been really easy for me to, to get this stuff going and I've been learning as I've gone. I've gone. So I wanted to start my um, Into the Odd campaign, Silent Titans, like right from the beginning. I wanted to start it in World Anvil and see where I can go with it. So um, I put in my first session, basically. I put in all my NPCs, right? I got a couple of locations that I want to put in still. Um, basically, the NPCs' homes. Uh, I, I won't be able to put those in um, until tonight, probably. I might have some time when I get home after work today, but I don't think so. Um, really, probably what's going to happen is that I'm going to uh, I'm going to have to uh, do it after the session, right? I, I might be able to do it during the session. We'll, we'll find out. Anyway, so what I spent the majority of the time preparing was my session zero. Um, now, last time I started this, uh, started did a session zero, I did it in a slideshow. I used Google Slides and I just like went through the slideshow. So I was looking at my slideshow um, and I was, uh, I, I basically made a copy of it and started pulling it apart, right? Pulling out the, the, the Midgard specific things and the D&D specific things uh, because Into the Odd is way lighter than D&D. And looking at it, I was like, man, I, I, I'm keeping three slides, right? And one of them is the intro slide, which says, which said, City of Zobek and welcome. And I had just replaced with an image. Um, so, like, it is uh, not necessarily what I wanted to uh, have, right? It, it, I mean, I'm going to have to rewrite the whole thing anyway. So... Maybe I can find, uh, maybe I thought I can do this some other other way. So I dumped the majority of my time making my session zero. Uh, like I said, in between, I added a couple NPCs, a couple places, a couple pictures. Um, but mostly this was my session zero that I was working on. So uh, I, I basically made like eight or 10 pages that covered kind of everything that uh, needs to be covered in a session zero. Um, I'll post it up so you guys can see it, of course. Um, and basically, I got it from a Reddit link that I have bookmarked somewhere. Um, is it, session zero is important to me because I, I want to state a couple things. Um, like what I really want to get across is combat is not the solution every single time, right? Combat is deadly. There will be death. Also, I want to get across no dickery. You know, cooperation is expected, Um the way I run things, we are a party. You may not be interested in doing things for the right reason as a character, but it will behoove you to, you know, do things for the residents of this land to accomplish your goals, right? And I even mentioned, hey, it might be a good idea to get a, hire a couple of these guys to come with you uh, because, you know, going at it alone might be stupid. Um, so I just met, hit these bullet points. Um, that way, when I put it up on the screen, I can talk to those bullet points. Um, 
and I really like World Anvil, right? It, it's, it took me a while to get the format down on the generic articles because these were the first generic articles I had written. Uh, but once I figured out what I was doing and stopped me messing around with CSS and started looking in the form that they had already had, um, everything was golden. Uh, so, uh, yeah, World Anvil for Session Zero looks like it's working good. I really feel like I recapped last session, but I don't quite remember uh, going into as much detail as I, I, I did. I, I don't know. Anyway, so last session in Midgard, we, um, we, we took a look at all the quests, right? I used World Anvil. I used the Storyteller screen. I used the Player's screen in another browser in conjunction with the Storyteller screen so I could show them uh, specific things. Um, basically, what I used it for was um, to show them plots. Uh, I'm not sure that the way I did it was the best way to do it, um, but I'm figuring it out. So basically there's a lore section and I made a bunch of plots and, uh, which I'm, I'm learning are probably more geared towards, uh, me as a GM, uh, keeping those hidden from players and, um, using quests instead, which is something that they recently, um, recent, recently initiated with the new update. So um, anyways, I just threw all these articles into lore so they could, would appear on the screen and we could click through them if we needed to. Uh, most of them didn't have any information. They were just headers for uh, quests they were doing, mostly to remind them and to remind me. So they leached onto one of them. They said, Nevabeen, didn't we finish that? And I said, no, you just haven't talked to her in a while. And they said, is this about the Beatles? And we talked about the Beatles. It was... Um, they had planned on, uh, someone was growing beetles is what they thought in the, in the, uh, raising beetles in the, the cartways. Um, and I, uh, reminded them that no, it was, uh, beetles were being raised. They were voting on if they were going to do this or not, um, to use them as beasts of burden. And, um, so, uh, they came to Nevinmeen and she was like, oh no, they're, they're doing it. You know, that's, uh, that's what they said they were going to do. So they're doing it. So I liked, really liked using World Anvil to, to remind them, as um, Arfed said in the beginning, of the quests that they hadn't done. Uh, so, so they went looking into this. Uh, Nevamin told them that uh, there was some, some unruliness in the uh, Kobold Ghetto. So they went and talked to their, the, the people that they knew in the Kobold Ghetto and met some more people. Um, it was all very interesting. Um, and then they eventually found, um, they got to a stopping point. A natural stopping point. They, they got to someone who, um, they were worried that uh, the guard was pushing into the Kobold ghetto. Uh, come to find out they had been invited into the Kobold ghetto. How they got there was, a, was what they were really trying to figure out. Um, they, they tracked it back to one person who made the, the, the biggest push and recently is credited for getting these people in. They asked her for more information, but she really didn't have it. Um, she said, though, that they, since they were so concerned, she'd look into it for them. Um, it, it was a very good uh, social quest that they went through. Um, it, was, uh, it wasn't necessarily exciting, but it, it was good, solid role play, and um, it was a good use of their time, I think. Uh, most of the reason uh, for that stopping point was that I needed to flesh out some more around this, right? And someone at the table even acknowledged that, you know. 
uh, let's not push anymore because it sounds like he needs to flush some more out. And uh, that, that's a real benefit, I think, to having a group of DMs at the table. They can all go, oh, yeah, that's right. He should flush that out more. That way we have more meat for it, right? And um, the way I like to run quests is uh, weave them back and forth, right? Uh, nece not necessarily is each quest going to be laid out for you, right? It's not all going to be uh, cut and dry and uh, lead you from beginning to end. Um, it will go from point A to point B, and then later on you'll find point C and say, hey, oh, that connects back to point, point B. So it's, uh, it's refreshing that my players get the way that I play, right? So looking over their quests, they, they discovered that they had still been ignoring the Migo that they had found in, um, in the, the dungeon under the cartways of Zobek. What they ended up doing was going down there and uh, trying to figure out how to get them out. Um, they tried a couple more things. There were different people there. Um, and what eventually they came to find out was um, this, this obelisk that was keeping them there was part of um, an angel had cast herself into it to trap a demon, right? Um, the demon was already trapped, but the angel was worried about the demon coming out or being able to communicate as still, right? So the demon was trapped down here. The angel uh, sacrificed herself to grow this crystal, basically, to encase the demon. And it's trapping the Migo here. They are trapped inside this bubble and can't get out. It's not that they have no exits inside this bubble. It's they can't leave the bubble. Um, so that led to a dilemma, right? Do they release this demon? And I cut him off right there and said, hey, you're not going to be releasing the demon. The demon's still going to be trapped. You're going to be allowing the demon to communicate with the outside world. So they hem and haw about this for a moment. And then one of my players uses uh, the, the infamous spell now, uh, talk to an animate object. It's a little joke in the group that nobody knows if he's actually talking to objects or not. And one day in the future, I'm going to, uh, me and him are going to admit that we've been colluding this whole time and that's not really a spell. He just stands there and says he's talking to things, uh, which would be really humorous. And uh, hey, API will end up doing it. It'd be quite funny. Anyway, so he talks to this crystal, right? And he gets this, this information. And then he decides after that, he's going to talk to the demon inside, right? He's going to use um, read thoughts. And then he is a warlock of the great old one. So he's going to project his thoughts into the demon's head. Um, whether that's 5e rules or not, I still want to look up, but it was cool as hell and it was thematic and it got them the information that I wanted them to know. So that was more important, you know? Um, so talking to the demon, the first thing the demon says is free me, right? And Illum asks, why? Why do you want me to free you? You know, what, what's going to happen when I free you? And he says, I want to go home. And he says, I'll make you a deal. There are more of us in this world. I'll give you their names. You know, I'll get, I got a couple names to give you. And he's like, uh, what use are names to me? Names are control, he says. And so this, the party's kind of kind of interested in this now, right? So if they release this demon, they can have control over two more, right? 
uh, they can they can even work towards maybe banishing these demons back. This is an idea I stole from Ray Otis, I think. Um, it was him or Larry. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure. I don't even remember, honestly. I stole from one of the legendary anchorites uh, this idea that a uh, trapped demon is bargain- bargaining for a way home with the names of other demons and um, runes are going to appear on this wall and that will um, correspond to demon names and they will be able to track their progress on this wall. Um, I thought it was really cool. I didn't know where I was going to work it in and um, I was going back looking over the notes of uh, the Migo uh, quest and come to find out it's a demon trapped by the, the essence of an angel uh, is what's keeping them there. So it's disrupting perfectly. Um, I love it when things come together, right? Um, listening to all these podcasts and reading all this crap on the internet, it's all swirling around in my head trying to grab onto something. And when something pops up in my notes or when I get a good idea or when the players fall into something, I get, these ideas just latch on and it's amazing how um, how improv a, a story can, can be, right? And that's... Uh, that's one of the goals, right, of, of a lot of the gaming we do is this emergent storytelling, the storytelling that comes from the play of the game. Um, and it all doesn't come from the play of the game, obviously, because, you know, then there'd be no outside influences. Um, but the combination of their actions and what's going on in my mind makes for this, this amazing story that I think we're pulling together. So their worry about releasing this demon is that they have, um, the, the person, the warlock, Blom, um, is from the future. And in the future, fiends control this world, right? Um, they, they, they launch an attack on and have control of this world. Now, I hadn't really thought of this angle, but that's an amazing angle, right? So they're thinking now, what if the demon we free is the one that goes on to lead the battle to take over Midgard. That's cool. That is freaking so cool. Um, I really like that idea, but I just don't know if I'm going to stick with it, right? Um, If that's the truth, then these Migo don't go free, right? Um, If they don't know it's the truth, I feel like I'm uh, pulling the wool over their eyes, right? They're going to go back to Balaam and he's going to be like, oh, no, no, that, that demon has nothing to do with it. You know, it was this other demon that, you know, it was actually a devil or whatever. Um, and then come to find out, oh, yeah, it was that demon all along. That feels like kind of a dick move because they knew what it was, right? Um, it would have been it, it would have been amazing move if they didn't know what it was. They released the demon and later, you know, we come up with that idea or I, I write it into the story later that, yes, this is what happened all along. That's what being a GM is about, right? It's going back and connecting those dots, I think. Um, it's not necessarily having that story planned out. It's about looking back and seeing what works with the story you have in mind and how you can connect those things. Anyway, um, so they're worried about this, and that's kind of where the session ended. So uh, I've got some plotting to do, but uh, not until after tonight, because tonight finally getting to start my Silent Titans campaign. Silent Titans. Ooh boy, am I excited for this. I am, I am so excited for Silent Titans. I, um, 
I, I, I do have a couple of worries uh, that they are not prepared for this kind of this kind of gonzo um, pseudoscience kind of fantasy. Um, there, there's machine guns, right? There's apes and bowler hats. There is crazy shit in this adventure. Um, I am excited though. I think that excitement will pour into them, and it will um, it will show them. You know, the, it, my feelings will affect how they feel about the session. Um, and if all else fails, we have a conversation afterwards. They say we don't like this. I say, hey, do you want to give it one more try? Uh, or do you want to just bail and start something new? Um, that, that's always the option. So the way I'm looking at Silent Titans right now, I've got, I've got it divided up, I think, into nine hard sections. Um, I can possibly go into um, ten, right? Uh, I think there's a couple optional pieces that I can fit in either in the middle somewhere or um, at the end of a session or spread across you know, the middle of two sessions. So what I'm thinking is that um, we start each session with the dungeon, right? Because that's mostly what this is. This is mostly going to be the dungeons. So I've got um, the idea of starting with a dungeon. After you get out of that dungeon, you go ahead and find out what... You take what you found in that dungeon and find out what it means. You sell off your gear and you uh, go to the next place and explore and find out what's going on with this dungeon. And then that's where we cut it. That way, so there's no in-between. There's no, um, like, there's no uh, necessity for downtime. Um, if they decide to be active on Facebook or World Anvil or wherever I decide to place it, uh, or wherever they decide to be active, I guess, um, then they can, they can do those things uh, on their own without um, it being necessitated by uh, the actions at the table. So I think that... Um, it's going to be really exciting too to just like get to the table and start that dungeon. You know, um, they're already prepared. They're already ready to go. They've already spent their cash. Uh, they already know what they're doing and boom, you know, that, uh, they're going to be in it, you know, in the thick of things, not, uh, not wandering around going, okay, I'm him and hawing before getting to the main part of what they need to do. That's all the nuggets we've got this week. Show notes available at slackernerds.com. Want to reach out? Send a voice message using the new link in my show notes, the Anchor FM app or website. Email me at my new email address, cockatricenuggets at gmail.com, and check out my blog at Slacker Nerds with links to my Patreon and all my other socials. Come join us on the Audio Dungeon Discord server linked in my show notes. This podcast is ranked via iTunes, so leave me a review and some stars there. Share it with your friends or shout it from the rooftops. However you want to get the word out is great with me. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.